What a difference a night makes. We're right on time. Can you believe it? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. My name is Matt Rury. You've heard it all before. Calvin, man, we're on time. We're on time? but it's Calvin Chamberlain, everyone. Yeah. We're on time. Wait, what? But we're not on time because we're 24 hours late for our Well, show. we are. T- yeah, exactly, I guess we're 24 hours late. Exactly. Yeah, exactly 24 hours late. Exactly 24 hours late. Exactly 24 hours. So it, it makes me wonder, as I was looking at our listener stats before the show, uh, it makes me wonder yeah. if people people tend to just not listen during a week if they don't hear us on Tuesday, or do they try and look for us on Wednesday as well? Makes me wonder. Well, ho- hopefully people are, like, subscribed to us or whatever. That's, that's a word. And once they're subscribed to us, they just <laughs> – they just get it, right? When we have a show, they just get it. But they, they would, yeah, I guess I, I would imagine that's that's how it works. But uh, they, I, I, I guess it gets sent out on my Twitter at Team Green Truth. It's not being posted on CLNS Radio right now because I'm too lazy. And um, other than that, I don't know if it gets pushed directly to our wonderful CLNS Radio mobile app or not either. Because again, not really sure how all that technology works. So that's the way we go around here. But I will tell you, Calvin, that according to Blog Talk Radio, uh, we are consistently getting like 100 to 120 li- listeners. I mean, not recently because we haven't been on, but uh, in June and in May, we were like 100 and 120. And then let, why don't you guess the date? 598 listeners in one day is our high for 2016 as we've been sort of backing things off. What day do you think that was? Ooh, this is tough. Uh, well, we weren't there around the finals in the draft. It, I, I'm guessing it had to be like some, sometime around the a Celtics playoff game. That's what I would guess. Yes. That's, that's pretty much exactly around the time. We did a show on April 19th, and on April 28th, five days before our next show, uh, that 600 people listened to our previous show. So thank you to everyone that, that was listening back in April. I hope you're still listening now. Here we are on Wednesday night. That's the point of this opening segment. Boom. Um, the numbers say that they're not listening, but still. We, not we as many of them. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, they're, maybe they're listening sporadically. Maybe the 600 are spread out over four weeks and just 120 or 130, whatever it, may, whatever it works itself out to be. 150, idiot, um, are just wa- listening right then, every four weeks, every five weeks, whatever it may be. Does that mean we should throw the same message out there for another three or four weeks? <laughs> Maybe we should. Get the get the numbers back up. Get them pumping again. That would be something. All right. See so a dip in your numbers. That does not reflect a change in listenership. That's uh, that's what BTR says after a certain date. So it, I, it, it, that was after March. So I think all the numbers after that are pretty good. And thank you to everyone out there. That's all I wanted to say about that. Um, to fill the other minute of this first five minutes, I was we're going to talk about the WWE a little bit later and the serious allegations that have come down against them. But I was at SmackDown last night, Calvin, and it was exactly everything that I expected it to be. And boy, oh boy, can I tell you, I am so glad those tickets were free. 
because it was just a mediocre TV production and some uh, half-assed wrestling for the most part. There were some fun moments, but now, being in attendance. Now when you say when you say mediocre, do you mean like like uh, as a live event you found it mediocre, or do you mean like yes. it was a mediocre yes. episode of? No, well, it was the, it was the draft uh, of SmackDown Live. Their first, it was their first ever live uh, airing of SmackDown. Their second income. They're, they're like not the flagship, which is Raw, obviously, to those who are paying attention. Um, it's their second show, SmackDown, and they are moving it to Tuesdays, which is when they usually tape it, and they're just going to air it live now, and. I just going into it, I knew that it was going to be mostly them doing this silly little draft thing that they do, which is really just allocating their their talent from one show to the other. And uh, it was mostly that with a with a few matches. But the thing that that really I didn't understand was that the people in attendance last night were treating SmackDown Live as if it were WrestleMania, and. I'm not I'm not ashamed to say that I've been to a few wrestling events. I've been to SummerSlam before. I've never been to a WrestleMania myself, but it just I feel like the people in Worcester Mass last night coming from all around New England, we saw a lot of different license plates. Were just they they were going all out for the announcements of where the wrestlers were being allocated. If that sounds boring to you, it was. But the people, Calvin, were going nuts. They were going crazy, and I just wanted to say that. And I don't understand. I felt I, I felt out of place for the first time in a can, long time. Can I transition this into a into a little short uh, uh, sort of free freelance? Uh, yeah, sports let's comedy. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Maybe we. Yeah. Hopefully, aren't, everybody will continue to listen. Go. Aren't all drafts kind of boring? Really, when you think about it, like, do you think right. if, if I if I was like, hey, hey, Murray, do you want to go to watch the NFL draft with me? Do you, do you think that you would see that would be something you'd want to do? Like, I would say, where's the cake? Where's the cake? Yeah, that's what I would say. Where's have, the cake? Yeah, we have to drink before we get to the NFL draft. The NFL draft, we just we just sit in the stands and make a lot of noise. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like drafts are bo- inherently boring. And in a way, I guess kudos to the WWE for making making their draft seem as, as, you know, somewhat realistically boring as actual drafts. But, <laughs> but, but the NBA draft was recently, it was recent, and, like, you're really just waiting to see who the Celtics took at three, right? Like right, I, and I, then you I, turn it off. I, yep. I, I, I didn't even have that much. I'm just, okay, the Lakers, are, you know, there's a, there's a 2% chance that the Sixers... You know, it's funny, it's, funny you, it's funny you say that you mentioned the Celtics taking the thing at three, or taking uh, their making their pick at number three this past draft because they have a draft party every year and I couldn't make it to the draft party this year. I had uh, to do some other things. I was on a softball field somewhere, I'm sure. Um, but I was listening to the radio who, to the two NBA guys on the local radio station that I listened to, uh, were live draft, were live broadcasting from the draft and they were, talking about how they thought everybody was going to leave after the third pick, but that there was still a large crowd there when I got in the car, like an hour or two later, and they were waiting for the other picks to come in. And they would, people were just hanging out in the garden, apparently 
just waiting to see what, what the Celtics were going to do. And moreover, when they made that third pick, Calvin, they booed the owner, Wick Grosbeck, when he went to the podium to announce it in the garden. He got booed. And I don't know if he was prepared for that or not, but that's, uh, that, that's my, my uh, contribution to this little segment here. Yeah, you just reminded me of another topic that we that we didn't discuss pre, and then I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just going, you know, off the top of my head. I'm I'm just ad libbing this entire show tonight. But uh, like, how much stock do you put in? First of all, Jalen Brown's summer league performance, thumbs up, thumbs down. How do you feel about it? I, I would say, all right. So if you're considering the expectations that people have placed on him, I'd say it's a major thumbs up that he's done. He did a lot better than people were giving him credit for. However. If you look at the talent that he was supposed to be coming into the draft throughout the whole college season, he fluctuated a little bit, whether he was going to go one through six, and uh, he, he landed at three with the, with the Celtics. I liked the pick. I was disappointed, of course, that they didn't make a bigger move and move the pick for an established player. But if you really think that you haven't gotten good, good enough value back for that pick in a trade offer, then by all means, make the pick. And I did like the pick. I think that he's a more athletic version of Jay Crowder, or he's going to turn out to be that. And uh, while I was down on Jay Crowder at the beginning of his career in Dallas, you hardly ever heard of him. I didn't think he was a, he was going to make it at all. I, when he came over in the Rondo deal, I kind of laughed at it. He has shown a, a lot of toughness. So I think if Jalen Brown can feed off of that a little bit and learn from him, He's going to make it in this league, and it will turn out to be all right for Danny Ainge. But that's not to say that the people in attendance there at the draft party were not correct in booing Wick Grosbeck for not making a bigger deal. So do you think that the Celtics, given, again, it's kind of such an interesting thing, but we we just take summer league. Given his summer league performance, is there any part of you that now, like, regrets the fact that he can just take them anyway, best player available, since he seems more NBA ready. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think either one of those guys would really have played if, if you're really taking the pick and you're going to stand pat. I think that the Celtics would give Terry Rozier more minutes than, than they, he, they would either one of these rookies, and you may see that this year because they really like the way that he's performed in summer league, if you're going to look at summer league performance, you know. Um, so I think in general the plan was to – give Rozier any minutes that uh, Evan Turner is is leaving or is vacating by going to Portland. And um, now you take a guy like Jalen Brown and he's just sort of insurance for the, that, that larger wing position. And you're still looking at Terry Rozier as your third point guard slash shooting guard. Okay. And, and finally, does summer league matter at all, even a little bit? Does it really matter? I, I, I watched the I think it does league. a little bit. I mean, D'Angelo dominated Bulls in Summer League. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching, and I watched, like, our, we have this rookie, Zubach, who, like, showed off a lot of a skill. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this guy's going to be able to replicate any of this in the NBA, or none of it at all. I don't know. I, I just feel like it can be a sign of something good, but it also might not be a sign of anything at all. Well, I just uh, Googled do summer league stats translate to see if I could find any sort of backup about this uh, before I go on a little bit of a rant. But I do think it matters a little bit, and I'm not going to actually go on a rant here about summer league. But I think if, in Russell's case, if, I mean, if he's blowing up out there 
and he's really playing well, as long as his coach is not going to squash him when he goes back to the, to the team, which I highly doubt Luke Walton is going to do, Calvin. I think in that regard, you, the sky's the limit with this kid. Uh, I think if he gets the time out there and he doesn't get squashed like he did with Byron Scott last year, then what he did in summer league can translate to the NBA if the coaching staff helps him along with, with that transition and just taking what he did here and taking that confidence and bringing it into real games. It might not result in wins, but I think that as a player, he, he needs confidence in that specific example, in a more broad sense of the word, I think the stats probably don't translate, but it, it means something for these guys to, to get the feel of an NBA game. If you're a rookie, I mean, a second year player like Russell, maybe not so much. It doesn't matter. He's already done it, you know, but it's, it's definitely a different game than where they're coming from in college. Yeah, it is. I, I guess I'm just, and I, I'm sure like, obviously it's good to like look at, you know, Ben Simmons and Ingram and, and see uh, what they can do and what they have, even though I know nervousness factors into how they play. I uh, I guess I just, it's not even D'Angelo. I think D'Angelo will be fine. I just – it's more like Zubac and, like, Larry Nance is getting, like, five steals and four yeah, blocks see, games. That's... I'm like, I'm like and, I, and I actually like Larry Nance, but, like, yeah, I'm just I just look at the numbers that some of these guys are putting up in the league, and I'm like, not not real, you know? Like nobody seems to play defense. I don't know. All right, I'm so not, here's like, let's like just Thon Maker, I just Thonmaker for example. Do, do you think Thonmaker? Do you like have confidence now that he's going to be a good NBA player because he was good in summer league? Not no necessarily, but but do you consider him to be a, a, a comparable to a guy like John Henson? Because I'm looking back at an article that Kevin Pelton wrote uh, in 2013 about the value of summer league statistics. So this is three years ago. Keep that in mind. And he's just sort of okay. looking back at, at guys that were the MVPs. And the, the list is Jared Bayless, Nate Robinson, uh, Josh Selby. Okay, so that, that's obviously a nobody. But Blake Griffin was. Lillard, John Wall, um, and other guys have not played well in summer league and have turned out uh, okay, Evan Turner being one of them, and he's still in the league. And Thomas Robinson's still yet to be seen. He's a guy that they've named here. But as far as what translates is concerned, they're talk- they, they mentioned John Henson in this, in this uh, article back three years ago and saying that Shot blocking and defensive rebounding are what translates from summer league to right to the regular season for a lot of these players. So if you're looking at Larry Nance as a guy that's blocking a lot of shots, then if he's also rebounding, maybe that's a good sign. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Sean Henson, what the hell is he? over stats. Like what the hell is he been up to? Uh, five rebounds a game, apparently, which I guess in 20 minutes is not bad. But he's blocking two shots, though. Yeah, he's not getting a lot of yeah. time. That's the, that's the thing. So. Yeah, I guess he's still good. Maybe he's just being uh, squeezed out by... Yeah, I mean, he's been in the league three or four years. I feel like he could be used elsewhere, and his talent is there. But that may be the case for Larry Nance as well. Who knows? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's what Kevin Pelton was arguing three years ago in his article on ESPN.com. So um, that's that. Okay, so that is indeed that, right? 
All right, that's that's the end of that uh, long segment of randomness. So um, let's get into uh, what we were really came what we really came here to talk about. And you can call us at three two three six four two one four eight four if you want to get on about this topic. I would have to imagine that Mad Dog is not listening because he's not on the air or he's not on the line, I should say. Uh, but we are going to talk about Tom Brady right now because guess what, Calvin. Everyone, the, the quarterback that everyone loves to hate around the country and that everyone loves to defend here in New England has given up his pursuit of the appeal of his suspension. He will miss the first four games of the upcoming NFL season. Jimmy Garoppolo will start. What is going to happen? It doesn't even matter as far as the end of the season is concerned and the, the bottom line goal of winning the Super Bowl. That's the question that people are asking, and people are going – they're just – conspiracy theories are flying left and right, running rampant around here, and you know I like a good conspiracy theory. So uh, just uh, people are going nuts, Calvin. Can you give me a conspiracy theory too? Do you have any? Is, is Tom Brady an alien? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have any that I that I necessarily believe, I guess. Um, I, people are, are starting to now say that uh, – Roger Goodell is is just a, a figurehead which we've always known, and and that um, it's really Bob Kraft has has manipulated this whole thing, and that he just wanted to drum up it. It's just people are, are losing their minds, and none of it makes any what sense. If, what if Goodell and Brady were in on this together just to like bring more attention right? to the NFL during the Yeah, that would be yeah, and more positive attention because it's not somebody beating his wife or murdering someone or I don't know. Yeah. Somebody trying dragging to get somebody. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. Let me ask you this though. Do you, is there any, will you, I, this is probably not the question for you. It's probably more of the question for someone like Mad Dog because I never got the sense that you were like, you were like gung ho, like a New England or ride or die with Tom Brady and like, like this is an outrage and I'm, the NFL. You've never, you've never been it's that guy, so right? stupid. No, it's just so stupid. Listen, yeah. I, I love Tom Brady, and I have a hard time believing that he's totally clean here, but I don't I don't look at him as some sort of a mastermind behind deflating footballs and trying to cheat his way to victory uh, with, with this whole scandal. I just think it's the most asinine thing in the entire world, regardless of the explanation of who ordered what. Uh, I think that the NFL has really gone about this in a, in a bad way, and Tom Brady actually reacted pretty poorly as well. He, he totally could have, and I've said this the whole time, just thrown the, the ball boys under the bus, which they kind of ended up doing anyway, and sort of saved himself in this whole thing. And really, I mean, he's just trying to make his image that he fought to, as far as he could, you know? So, I don't know. It's I'm not... I just think it's such a, a ridiculous thing, and it's it's a few PSI and people are defending it. Like it really should be sitting in the Supreme court right now, which it's not going to be unless the NFL PA decides to pursue that case. So thankful. I'm thankful that Tom Brady actually dropped this case and it's just going to take the four games because he, he probably should have taken a game or two for an equipment violation long ago. And there wouldn't have been anything said of said of it. That's, that's it. If he had just well, that, said, admitted that there was some sort of wrongdoing somewhere along the line, but not necessarily by him. 
that's the reason why I was asking you because I, I've been getting this sense from Patriots fans that they they sort of feel a, a a little bit not totally because they're still trying to ride with him but a little bit betrayed by the fact that he's sort of quote giving up the fight. But it's like first of all, do we even is like is this really something that the Supreme Court should be dealing with? The Supreme Court of the United States. It's like you gotta know. No. You gotta yeah. And, and by the way, they weren't going. They were never going to take the case. There's like a right. point one percent chance that they're even going to look at it. And right. So so there's something there's something like eight hundred or a thousand cases that get presented before the Supreme Court as far as what they want to look at, what they're going to actually uh, look at in depth and bring to the whole to the whole court. And uh, only about eighty of those get get heard every year. So. Those are the more important ones that you hear about uh, hear about as well. Race relations, uh, murders, like double hom, all those terrible murders, things like that. All of these, those are the types of court cases that are going to the U.S. Supreme Court. Not a rich man in a professional sport that tampered with equipment, or maybe did, or maybe didn't, or maybe the ball boy did. This is not the type of case that the U.S. Supreme Court should be looking at right now. We have far more things that, that are pressing in this nation that need to be discussed. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, here's my thing. Yeah, again, I don't think it's a big deal for the Patriots, obviously, right? Like the Patriots will be fine. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to find out if Garoppolo's good sooner or later, right? Like you guys have been sitting on the roster forever. Right, that's uh, the silver lining, I guess. So, oh, that's yeah. the other conspiracy <laughs> theory that Bill Belichick masterminded this whole thing, and that he uh, is now just getting Tom to back off so he can actually get a look at Jimmy Garoppolo and all this. And it's like, no, that's just the result of what's happening. That's not that that's not Bill Belichick pulling the strings and being a puppet master. People people go crazy around here, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, Bill Belichick likes to win. If he if he really wanted to take a look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he would just start Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo like throughout the preseason. Tom Brady doesn't need a preseason at this point. Like, there's there's a lot of ways, different ways that he can get what he needs to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo without without like putting the team at risk. But I think obviously this will have that positive benefit. And it was yeah, it was time for Brady to give up. Like, aren't you? I, again, you're you're like not the guy I wish I was talking to just just in this situation because you're not like the insane like you know uh, the flake gate is like is like the fence that you're putting between you and the NFL you know hearing Patriots fans on one side and Roger Goodell on the other you're, you're like much more rational about this entire thing but like I hear like hearing about flake gate and yes you like having having it be a thing like. Isn't it nice to just have him serve the four games and get back to football and like not like talking about the fight? And I'm I'm sure Brady feels the same way at this point, right? Like yes, oh, I wish I had that Ray Lewis clip. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I wish I had that clip, man. I would just play it over and over again right now. It's it, I'm just so sick of it, and so I'm glad it's over. I'm glad that Tom Brady can focus on Game Five, you know, Week Five in Cleveland, and. I'm glad that uh, the Patriots are going to get a look at Jimmy Garoppolo, a real look, quote-unquote, in the regular season. And just most of all, I'm glad that it's finally over and that we don't have to talk about this anymore. 
uh, until he misses that first game. And then until he comes back and we'll hear about it again. And, and, you know, people will always mention it when they're trying to tear him down as a, as a player, but it's, it's not worth tearing somebody down as a player. It's, it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to make a comparison in my mind to, to baseball or something like that, but everything in baseball seems like it's so illegal that you like, even, uh, um, George Brett with the pine tar back in the eighties, that seems, that's the sort of the type of thing that, that I can sort of equate this to. Like say, say Pete Rose didn't gamble at all. Right. And he put pine tar on his bat, but he still is the best hitter of all time. Are you really going to look at him any less? A lot of people would, but I think that regardless of gambling, forget all that, he would be in the Hall of Fame if it was just a pine tar situation. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I I equate this to because it's like deflation of footballs. It's it's so immaterial that I don't even look at it as far as his – playing legacy is concerned, but there are people that are going to try and be detractors and they will point that out every single time. I agree with you. I would, I would make a big deal of it. You know, now that, especially now that we're past it, you know, this is like, yeah, to me, this is like, it's like making a big deal of like Brett Favre sharing someone his penis. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's <laughs> like, you're not going to, you're not going to talk about that when you talk about like Brett Favre's career. That's sort of the same way I feel about this Brady thing. Unless like that specific thing comes up, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not going to talk about like Roethlisberger spending time with college girls. Not that this is any of those things. This is a different thing, but the the point is just like, you, yeah, you're not going to, like all of these are just like small incidences in, the, in throughout the course of someone's career. But I'm, but I also like instinctively want to push back against this because like, since the Flake Gate has come out, like ESPN has like flooded the markets with like this won't define Tom Brady's legacy like articles. Well, no crap. But you also like trying you you also like trying to talk about how great he is when we're trying to talk about the Flake Gate. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's like when uh, no, I shouldn't even make this analogy. It's gonna get me in trouble. But uh, I was gonna make a, a political analogy, but I'm not going to do it. I refuse, Ray. Yeah, no politics on this show. Although the Republican National Convention is going on right now, and I'm very interested to see if there are any sort of activists out there at this point, because there were so many rumors of people that were going to show up at this thing, and thus far, uh, reports are that there's not been any sort of disturbance. So that's what I'm curious to see, because this country is just divided at this point, right? You, that's safe to say, and. Um, it's you know just, uh, watch, watching from afar, Calvin, I'm, I'm going to try and tiptoe around this as best I can. Watching from afar, this entire 2016 uh, election is going to be something for the history books for sure. That, that's a promise. It doesn't matter who wins this thing, I don't think. I just love that the RNC is like the only thing that can like draw star power to the city of Cleveland. You know what I mean? It's like just celebrities who would like never otherwise sit foot in Cleveland are just showing up to like. They just won the NBA ball. championship and nobody's there. It's like, oh. Yeah. I mean, J.R. Smith, I guess, is a celebrity. I just, I just undermined my own point, but still. Good old J.R. Smith. Um, All right. 
I think we're yeah, good with Brady, right. right? Yes, I think so. What's next? Um, what am I doing? Losing my mind here. Anyway, <clears throat> we are going to talk about some other things that we don't normally talk about. But first, we're going to talk about the NBA. That's right. Calvin. We never talk about that. We never talk about that. Let's do a quick NBA segment, see how long this thing lasts. And uh, then we will get into some things that we very rarely talk about on the show, like UFC and the Olympics. And again, I mentioned WWE earlier. We're going to talk about that because there's a lawsuit against them right now. Um, But first, Russell Westbrook, the hot commodity in the NBA, Calvin. Everybody's going to be on Sam Presti's speed dial because he's going to have to call every team in the league when his team is mediocre and about to miss the playoffs in uh, February. And he needs to pull the trigger on something because Russell Westbrook does not want to sign in Oklahoma city next year. And this is the last year of his deal. So the question is, there are 31 teams out there, 29, excuse me. There are 29 other teams out there. And uh, which one is going to get him? Which one gets Russell Westbrook? But we don't we don't know for sure for sure that he wants to leave, right? Like Russell Westbrook is kind of an enigma. Like would you if you're Sam Presti, let's start just start there. Let's back it up one one little inch. Do you assume that he's gone and are you already calling other teams? Or are you like trying to trying to placate him somehow? Um I I would I would probably I mean, at this point in this, in the summer I would be calling yeah. the teams that I, that I most desire their assets, whether it be Boston or whether it be uh, Sacramento, if you're trying to get DeMarcus Cousins back or something like that. You know, Whatever player you want most, call those couple of teams and, and then just say, hey, listen, you guys are first on my list. And uh, if it happens it, that we need to get rid of them, then I'm, you're going to be hearing from me again. And other, other than that, you have to kind of wait it out and, and try and – talk to Russell and say, what are you looking for? What kind of a player can I go and get you? And uh, then start calling those teams. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to keep Russell Westbrook. But first, if I'm Sam Presti, okay. I'm, I'm, calling, I'm calling Danny Ainge. I'm calling whoever it is in Sacramento. Vladi. Uh, Vladi, yeah, I'm calling Vladi Divac for sure, just to say hello. Um, I would probably... My mom decorated his house once. Oh, no kidding. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, she's an interior decorator when he was in L.A. Decorated his house back in the 90s. Good Daddy. He liked to party, yeah. right? <laughs> he did. Uh, he enjoyed a good party. And a good spot. Uh, uh, yeah. So let me, let, let me turn that question on its head now. Is it a good idea? Any trouble. You, you mentioned Sacramento there. Like, should teams trade for should, are there teams that shouldn't trade for Russell Westbrook? Because there's, there's several things we need to look at. But and let's throw you the Celtics. So let's throw the Celtics into this. Well, should yeah, Celtics trade for Russell Westbrook? Wait, let me, so, let me lay it out real quick. Okay. Well, yeah, there so, are because there are definitely teams that should not trade for him. So go ahead. Okay. Obviously, he's an impending free agent, right? And he's a guy with a strong will. There's a, a lot of rumors that he wants to come here. But I'm I'm going to remain skeptical of that until I see some evidence otherwise. Regardless of that, Russell Westbrook, like notoriously difficult to figure out, going to be a free agent at the end of the season, and it probably would take it. Uh, I mean, we'll get into that in a few minutes, but it'd probably take quite a bit to get him. Is 
And but and we're not even factoring in the fact that if you trade for Russell Westbrook, but and it's specifically in, you know in regard to like a team like the Celtics, the, the you the moment you trade for Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook becomes your team. You know what I mean? He doesn't fit into your system. He is your system. Like other like, you're gonna have to change your offense in like the the system that did of a France. Stevens is running right now. It's not going to work with Russell Westbrook. You run the Westbrook system with Westbrook. Like, would that be okay for a team like the Celtics? Um, I think it would be. I think that um, the problem is that Isaiah Thomas has taken a strong liking to the city, and I think everybody, as far as the fans are concerned, really like Isaiah Thomas, and I think the organization loves Isaiah Thomas. But if you're bringing in a Russell Westbrook, Isaiah is probably the guy or is definitely the guy that's going to take the biggest hit as far as having the ball in his hands, making decisions on the court. He he basically runs the show right now, right? That's going to be Westbrook's job if Thomas is even here. So as far as the Celtics are concerned, it seems like a difficult thing for them to, to do to go try and get Russell Westbrook if they really – have the faith in Isaiah Thomas that they have portrayed that they do have in the past year and a half or whatever. And he's reciprocated that he has been very vocal about the way that this organization treats him and and the way that the team is, is going in the future that they have. And he wants to be here. So going and getting Russell Westbrook, as far as the Celtics are concerned, would be a difficult task if you're going to keep him around as well. I think Um, other than that, Yes, go get him. Go get Russell Westbrook. Have everybody else play around him. And, uh, I mean, he, he's, that's what this league is about, right? It's about talent. So go, go get one of the best players on the market, absolutely. If you, if you can convince a guy like Isaiah Thomas that it's good to play here in Boston and all these other guys like coming back here, you're starting to build a reputation over the past 10 years uh, uh, that you're a, a, t- a desirable place again, which you were not for 20 years. Go get him and convince him. Absolutely, especially if it's a good deal. Yeah, well, to my yeah, to my mind, it's, it, and we've discussed this before. There are only so many superstars out there in the NBA, right? And even let's let's say you do throw you know a, an entire Spanish Armada at uh, the Thunder to get Russell Westbrook back, right? And Russell Westbrook plays that year in Boston. You know, besides he doesn't want to play there, he leaves. Like, yeah, sure, Boston fans are going to be furious about it. But the, 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 but the bottom line is, is like, you still, you still took a risk on, some, on greatness. Even if it doesn't pan out, that risk to me is a smarter move than just, like, not taking, not taking the risk when the opportunity's there just because there's so few of the guys. You know, the Lakers got Dwight Howard at, at a time when he was, like, still an, an elite basketball player. Did not work out at all. He left immediately to free agency basically has not been the same player since. But, like, I didn't have a problem with any of those moves at the time because it was, like, the potential for what – like, you're taking a big swing. You know, even if you strike out, the the swing itself makes more sense than just trying to butt. Okay, so let's, let's, let's get back to – just quickly, do you, want to, do you want to talk about the teams that uh, should not trade for him or do you want to talk about what the Celtics would have to give up for him first? Because I've got the NBA trade machine up here. But I know a couple teams that I think should stay pat at their uh, point guard position. I got some fake trades from this Mass Live website. Okay. 
if, if, if I'm offended, I'd probably say no to most of these. But uh-huh. it, it's, it's interesting enough that, that I want to throw them past you. Okay? As far as other teams go, obviously Sacramento shouldn't trade for them, right? Sacramento shouldn't. Oh, wait, why? But again, actually, even if I'm Sacramento, I still trade for Russell Westbrook. Even if, even if he, yeah, even if you think was, he's not going to resign there, I just no. Think, I was thinking more like look, a, a a team like Portland should not trade for him. Oh, that's, Sacramento that's a team should, right? With, with Damian Lillard, yeah, Sacramento absolutely should trade for him. I mean, maybe unless they're if, if they're giving up the Cousins, which they probably would have to, that's a tough decision for them. But I I think that that would make them instantly better than Oklahoma City, and uh, and. Uh, put them ahead of them in, in the playoff race, and that's what they're looking for out there, right? So that's what that's, so that's, that, they should trade for him, yes. You, but a team like Portland, who has Damian Lillard right now, they probably should not be trading for Russell Westbrook. There's no reason for them to do that. Uh, would you agree there? So in, in, in that scenario, the Thunder would then have Ennis Cantor, uh, Stephen Adams, Sabonis, and DeMarcus Cousins. I'm sure that would work. Uh, yeah, they obviously should. No, obviously somebody else would go back. It's got to be a bigger deal than that, but I'm not going to Portland, pull yeah. all those through I mean, the Portland trade machine. I'm just waiting for some Celtics ones, right? Yeah. Portland doesn't make sense, like, asset-wise. Like, they, would, right. um, they probably wouldn't trade him for Lillard because Lillard is established and he's already a guy who, like, they know will want to stay in Portland. It wouldn't right. make sense to, like, like you would you would go McCollum and then who? You know what I mean? It'd be, they don't right. have the assets, but... Uh, yeah, Golden State should not really be – there's no reason for them to trade no. for Russell Westbrook. That doesn't make any sense, right? No okay, so um, uh, here's, here, I was going to say the Lakers probably should, but here's here's one that I think you're going you're gonna to be surprised by. Hold on. Okay. Let's get the Lakers last because okay. I think that the other team in Los Angeles should be trading for him, and I think that they should ship Chris Paul right on out of there and get Russell Westbrook in there to play with Blake Griffin. And that – my friend, is a hot take, if you will. Look out for the hot take, please. I love Chris Paul, but he's definitely on his way down. You can't deny that. He's still playing at a very high level. He's a superstar. But if you can find a way to send Chris Paul to Oklahoma City with maybe somebody else and get Russell Westbrook back for that one year or that half year as a Clipper, as much as Paul has meant to that franchise, he hasn't done anything. He did nothing in New Orleans. They've done nothing in Los Angeles. Ship him out of there. Let him play somewhere else. I'll still enjoy watching him play in Oklahoma City. I think that would be phenomenal. I'll still watch Chris Paul. I'll still enjoy the way he plays basketball. But he he seems to be the common denominator on a lot of teams that fall short. And Russell Westbrook is not that guy. He is he, He's fallen short a couple times, but he's still young as far as league standards are concerned. Trade for him if you're the Clippers. Boom, yeah, dropping wh- it down. Wh- why would the Thunder want Chris Paul? It doesn't make sense with their timeline, their rebuild. Like that trade makes sense maybe for Blake Griffin. It's Blake Griffin's from Oklahoma, but then that leaves you with two point guards, although you can play probably Westbrook off ball. But that that to me is more interesting trade than than uh, than Chris Paul because I just don't think the Thunder would want Chris Paul uh, for Westbrook under any, any circumstance. But especially because Paul well, if they think he's leaving, yet. if they if they think Westbrook's leaving and that they can still contend over the next couple of years or even next year with Chris Paul instead, and they just think West, West, Westbrook's out of there, then why not? Chris Paul and who? Oladipo? 
Chris Paul would be furious on that team. They'd have to be having their minds to make that trade right now. But but if the, I'm just anyway. saying that if they think that Paul is at a high enough level and they can go get another player at some point in the next year and ha- and contend and have him resign or something, and that's and that's more conceivable, that's more realistic to them than Russell Westbrook re- resigning if they really think he's gone. You have to pull the trigger on something like that if it's available. Yeah, I just I don't see that as being something they'd want. I think if if Westbrook's going to leave, they're going to have to go into full rebuild mode based on like the way they are. They're not a place that's going to attract free agents, especially like an older Chris Paul is not going to do it. Um, but my question is about the Lakers: is should here's my question? So like there's a widespread rumors that he wants to come to the Lakers. I am. You know, again, somewhat skeptical of that, but I have to give that notion, you know, somewhat credence. It's an interesting game of poker. If you're the Lakers, do you trade, well, you know, some of your biggest assets for Westbrook, or do you sit on your hands who, and hope that Westbrook comes here without you having given well, him a, Calvin, who are those assets? Because right now the Lakers don't have much money to move, frankly. They, they're big money. They just signed, so they can't trade these guys. Right. Where's well, the Where's the so, big money coming from? Are you gonna trade? You're gonna trade. You're gonna throw Lou Williams in, but who is it? Russell and Randall. Well, it, it, and Lou in Williams. December those in December those contracts move, but the but the idea essentially uh, was basically Russell and Randall, Russell and Randall, and then you know uh, contracts, Russell and Randall and a contract or two. Russell, uh, Randall, Lou Williams. That's that's uh, sixteen million. Westbrook makes eighteen. Try this trade. Let's see. Trade successful. Hollinger's analysis. Lakers plus two wins. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's funny. Okay. What about a Celtics one? What do you think the Celtics would have to give up to uh, get Russell? I'll I'll tell you what. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It's... Again, Westbrook's trade value is fascinating because he's going to be a free agent and because there might be pressure on – this math lab, I think, sort of assumes uh, – it, it gives you like a, a very extreme of, of trades. I'm just going to – we're just going to run through these pretty quickly right here. Uh, Celtics get Russell Westbrook, Thunder get Isaiah Thomas, Amir Johnson, Jalen Brown, and uh, either the 2017 or 2018 Nets pick. I don't know how much yes, money Jalen Brown is, is working, is, is making. Um, I guess all of these have gone through the trade machine and they're good. So, uh, yeah, they'd have, to, they'd have to get a trade exception. Oh, the Steve Novak trade exception gets thrown in there. But, yeah, I mean, that uh, I, I, to me, I, you got to do it. Do the, Yeah, pull the trigger. If you think that he can put you over the top or something this year, you got Al, Al Horford. If Bradley's going to take a step, you're going to keep Jay Crowder in that situation. You trust Terry Rozier as a backup, um, and you still have Marcus Smart. Sorry, Isaiah. Thank you for your service. You've been great. We do love you. You put on quite a show, but we just got Russell Westbrook. That's what I would say if I were the Boston Celtics. Yeah, and if I was the Senator, I would tell you to up. Uh, the Celtics get <laughs> Russell Westbrook. The Senator get Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Jarebko, Rozier in the 2018 Nets pick. Bradley, Smart, Jarebko, Rogier. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, let's just say that the yeah. bottom line is there's not a single player on the Boston Celtics 
that you should be holding on to. The picks are, are interesting that you're, that you're throwing in here because I think those picks might be pretty valuable and I'd be hesitant to throw those Nets picks in. I'd rather see if they bite on a Clippers pick or whatever other pick the Celtics have pulled their own pick maybe in the first round or maybe a, a, a pick where they're not swapping with the Nets or, you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, well, but maybe you, maybe you want the, the point, the point is, the point is that the players in the Celtics right now, as much as they've put on the, the, they've, the fans have really grown to like them around here. They're all expendable when it comes to a, a top five player in the, in the NBA. That's the bottom line. Well, this next one goes along with what you're looking for. Celtics get Westbrook, Thunder get Jalen Brown, Rozier, Jerebko, uh, Gershon Yabusele, the, the 2017 Nets pick. Yep. And uh, a future pick, either the Clippers pick, yeah. 2019 or the 2018 Memphis pick. I would love that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Let's pull the trigger on that one. Oklahoma City yeah. says no thanks. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Is that Jay King, by the way? Jay King does some good work, but I think sometimes he's yeah. uh, he's fishing here. This is Mass Live. Uh, yeah, but is it Jay King that wrote it? Mass Live is like a Western Mass local news site that uh, Jay King by, that used to do the uh, what was he? I think he was Celtics uh, blog or something. Whatever. I'll figure it out in a minute because this is a excuse me a slide go ahead slideshow. Okay, uh, Celtics get Russell Westbrook, the Thunder get Marcus Smart, Amir Johnson, R.J. Hunter, and the 2017 Nets pick. That's a that's some infuriating crap right there. I mean, I like Marcus Smart kind of, but like this guy. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, obviously, I would, I would probably do that. Um, here's the the, the thunder, in my opinion, the, the trade that we sold the thunder. The thunder would just uh, laugh th- in their face for some of these. Yeah, here's the one that like it, it seems like the the most reasonable. Westbrook for Brown, Jalen Brown, Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, R.J. Hunter, and the 2017 Nets pick. Yeah, that's uh, – that pick, though, that pick is just hanging on me. That's strong. That's a strong offer, especially with those other guys in there. And I know I just said that no no player by himself is is – or all players are expendable, but when you put some – combinations in there. That was Bradley and Thomas in the same deal? Yep. Yeah, that's a little bit too tough. I wouldn't want to rely on Marcus Smart. If you could get them to take Smart instead of one of those guys, preferably instead of Bradley, because Westbrook plays Thomas's position, and he's just better at it. Uh, right. I would rather have that. I would, I'd rather have you throw Smart or Rogier in there, if he wasn't already, than that's a tough one for me because Calvin, I'm just hung up on that pick and I know that they just used one on Jalen Brown, but I just look at the Brooklyn Nets right now, the New Jersey Brooklyn Nets and they, their roster is pretty pitiful. They threw a lot of money at a lot of mediocre below average players and they're potentially going to be one of the worst teams in the entire league this year. So I want I want the Celtics to have that pick. All right, fair enough. 
we we need to uh, keep going here. Are we an hour? Or are we an hour and a half? I I wasn't sure if we. I put I put it up for ninety minutes. We got some, we have some time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I forgot to I'm tell rushing. you. Yeah, I'm rushing this along here for no reason. No, okay. no oh, reason, no reason at all. I should. Yeah. Have... yeah. So do we have a we you. have a list segment? Is that uh, accurate? Um, I just looked down at my phone and I did not send the text that I thought that I had sent and I just You're sent it for that. and I, I can't, uh, yes, we have something from Liz and we will do that uh, now. Surprise. Apparently she sent something back and I didn't, it's not here. Nope. Still nothing. Anyway, uh, that means you're going to hear the most wonderful sound in the whole universe. Hello, Liz. Liz? Are you playing a song? No? And I don't want the world to right. see me. Because I don't think that they'd understand. Because you asked for it. Just, because, I just, just assumed, for you. I was waiting for it. I assumed that it was happening. Hey, guys. Hey. Hi, Um. I didn't realize I was I didn't realize I was coming on at this moment, but I had well, something ready. Uh surprise, a surprise. I don't I don't know why I just forced you into this, but you're here. Hello. Hello. Um well as in the tradition that I have been I've been doing on the show is I came up with a stupid game that you're both going to hate. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe we should go back and listen to some of these and mash them up and take the best moments and then throw them out the window. And throw them right out. Um, well, I came up with the idea that we should do some top three. Just like, you know, lots of sports radio shows do. They're hot takes. And um, I was just going to give you a category. And I was going to say my top threes. And then I have the advantage, obviously, because I know the categories. And I got to pick beforehand. And then you guys have to go kind of off the cuff and tell me your oh. top three. All right. It's just not really a game. I'm going to pre-complain about this. What do you mean it's not a game? It's not a game. Pre-complaining. Hold on. Hold on. I'm complaining already. I love it. I love it. Pre-complaining. There's a game element to it. And what it is is I'm going to say my top three, and you guys can't use any of the three that I have. And then... How is that top three? That's more of like a top nine, isn't it? It is a top okay, nine. We're done with it. We are. Yep, yep. Wait, can we also not use the same ones each other have used? Yes, I was trying to get to <laughs> I was trying to get to that. So like if Calvin goes like second, then Rory, you're kind of screwed because you have to think of something. But then you guys can switch off. But I always go first because it's my game. Okay, but again, not a game, because it's not really like a winner or a loser or like, there's no results to this game. Oh, my God. What do you want to call it, then? What do you Calvin, want to call it? Calvin, this is America. Yeah. We are all winners. Uh, yeah, uh, I, need, I, need, for now. I need to compete. I, I need to win. All right, give me the game. Let's do it. Well, what do you, what do you want to call it, then, if it's not a game? Huh? Just, I just called just it the top things. three. What? We're just, we're, we're just listing things. That's all. Wow. Yeah. We're having a conversation in which things are being listed. Okay. Sounds way way less. Sounds sounds like a sounds like a poor version of of a 
crap segment on a really yes. weird podcast. It sounds like you got the segment at the dollar store. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, All right, well, let's, let's get going. It looks like it's going to be a barn burn. Not a game. <laughs> not, a, not a game that I die for. Oh, where's the Iverson clip? i got to pull all those. Well, i got to find them again. We not, a also, practice. We can, practice. not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We also could do the top threes and then decide who wins, like, that round. Well, I think nope. this is more production than uh, this segment is, is worth. What, we should have talked about this beforehand. I didn't know well, that there was going to be more, some sort of a protest, but let's just do know. it then. Let's just do it. Well, but if we can't get nine, like, what if we can't come up with nine things, Liz? Well, then, then we'll move along. We'll move okay. along. But I picked, right. I picked easy ones that I feel like you guys will be fine with. And they're not all sports related. Okay? Okay. What's number okay. one? Number one. Top three facial hair in all of sports. Okay. What? Top three facial okay. hair. Are you going first? You going first? I'm going first. I go first every time. So we have to decide I'm who's going to go second this time, and then it'll switch. I'll let Calvin go second, but I think that okay. this is probably not going to get to nine. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I can't even think of nine people with beards right now. This is going to be what? too hard. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I I had like seven that I wanted to put on this list, but I just picked three. Okay. Um, I'm going with Raleigh Fingers. Wait, all time? This Wait, is an all time thing. All time. Any any time. time. Okay. That's yeah. the clarification I think Calvin needed. Of all time, Calvin. Okay. Best facial hair of all time. So you can take Larry Bird's uh weird wiry mustache if you want. A weird flesh colored mustache. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna let Calvin Wait, no. go a second here. I go I'd say all three and then and then Calvin goes. See, I don't know about that. I think we should go as a roundtable, but go ahead. We'll tweak it later. Okay, great. We'll we'll tweak it later. All right, Raleigh Fingers, (laughs) Wade Boggs, because he's the man, and Brian Wilson. Okay. Okay. Uh, James Harden. (laughs) Oh, that was another one I thought of. That's the obvious one. That's obviously the one that Calvin was going to do. That's why I let him go second. (laughs) <laughs> oh no! You guys, yeah, you guys. That's all you got. That's all you got. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> fine. Well, I'm I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's see. Maybe I only got one as well. I'm gonna go with. Uh, wait. Uh, oh, you remember when Aaron Rodgers did the Fu Manchu in the playoff game? I'm going to go with yeah. Aaron Rodgers for that. Yes, I thought of that one too. That was a sweet one. Wait, uh, did someone have the beard for a brief play, a, a brief period of time, or yes. Fu Manchu? Yes. Any, the, the, facial, the any facial hair of all time? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. Uh, let's see. I can. I, I, Calvin, you should have just come up with your the only hockey player you know. They all grow fa- grow beards for the playoffs at some point. Yes. Uh, I'm also going to go, go with Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder towards the end of the season because he uh, had the uh, he had the uh, the weird beard going on, and then I'll just pull out Paul Pierce because he had like pubic hair on his face. Oh, That's, yeah, what like, uh, That's what Ramiki used to say. He used to say, call, yeah, say that Pierce's playoff beard would look like pubic hair. Yeah, it really did. Calvin, do you have yeah, more? Gonna, yeah, I'm going to go with. Uh, 
Brett Favre when he was old and he had that like gray, like silvery gray, like neck beard. Oh yeah, that was, nice that was a strong look. You know what I mean? It was it like wasn't that thick. No, it was a good beard. Yep. Yeah, and uh, do you guys remember when uh, when Ricky <laughs> Wilson had like uh, I'm sorry, Ricky Wilson, Ricky Williams had like a blonde goatee and he had like blonde cornrows. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a combo. Yeah. All right, there you go. There's the top nine. Round one. Round one. Okay, round two. (laughs) Top three all-time basketball players. Okay. Here are my three. You ready? (laughs) Oh, no, I just thought of another one. Oh, too bad. You only get three. (laughs) You thought I was the fourth guy. (laughs) This game is ridiculous. This non-game. Stop it. Stop it. All right. It always is. It always is. I'm going. I'm going with – John Stockton. John Paxton. John Stockton. Stockton. Okay. Paul Grant. Paul Grant. Grant. This this, this is not the best player of all time. This is your favorite players of all time. Is that what's happening here? And Shaq. And Shaq. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. That's definitely here. Okay. All right. Where you go first? Uh. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Larry Bird. Wait, you get to go one time, bro. You get to go three no. times. No, you no. go three in a row. You just blew it last time, the, Calvin. You only it, had it, one answer. Yeah, I was. I we were supposed to go back and forth one and one. No. We were, I was to... Nope, nope. You go three what? at a time. Three at a time, what Calvin. You let Murray just jump in and take three for me last time without saying anything, without stopping. Yeah, that's because I said you just have one and you laughed hard, and then we were like, okay, moving along. Wow! Wow! Okay, then that's fine. I'll take uh, I'll take Will Cream and Magic. There you go. You yeah, I left you the Lakers, dude. I left you the Lakers. It's fine. Let's move along. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number three. Top three current wrestlers. Oof. I go first. <laughs> that's why I like this game so much. Um, I'm going Ambrose. I'm taking Ambrose. Um, I don't know these dudes' names, but I really love them. Um, Enzo, is it Enzo and Bray? Don't you think these two guys are tag team? That's terrible. Yes, it's bad. I find them hilarious. No, that no, is that's three. They're a tag team. Yes, no, that's, that's three. three. three people. That's, that's three. three wrestlers. They're, they're separate the wrestlers. Oh, come on. And right. you, said, you said three. Ambrose, Enzo, and Cash. Okay. I'll take uh, uh I'll take yeah. Rulon Gardner. <laughs> Who? Kurt I'll take uh Kurt Angle. And I'll no. take Kurt <laughs> Current wrestlers. Huh? No, I'm taking actual wrestlers. I'll take okay, the guy right, who died right. at Foxcatcher. The all guy right, right. Foxcatcher. What was his name? <laughs> That guy. Fuck. Fuck, get that guy. Crazy dude? Okay, all right, great. No, Mark Ruffalo. Mark oh, Ruffalo. this is this is Mark off Ruffalo's the rails. Act. This is really off the rails. Whew. All right, all right, yeah. Rory, you're up. Um. All right, give me uh, give me Chris Jericho. Um. Jericho. I'll take uh, Bray Wyatt. And uh, um, I don't know. 
anybody but John Cena. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that works. I'm okay with that. All right. <clears throat> Two more rounds, guys. They're quick. All right. Two more Stop. rounds. Holy moly. Oh, my gosh. You're going to live. Don't worry. Um, top three. I'm sorry. That was a sl- I slipped. <laughs> yeah, really like that. Okay. Top three guilty pleasure TV shows to watch. So these are shows that, like, if it's on, you're going to watch it. All right. Well, that's okay. going to be too difficult for me. Actually, no, it's not. Go ahead. I know. I was going to say I could probably name yours. Okay. My three are <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Um, Veronica Mars and Friends. So you guys right, get to Gilmore. Who is it, me or Calvin? Um, I believe it's you. It's you. All right, I'll go with uh, Gotham, Big Bang Theory, and uh, I just started watching Castle today. That that it got it hooked me like like two hours ago. Oh, I love Castle. Nathan Fillion, my man. I thought you were going to say you were going to Hmm? Everything I watch is Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. Yeah, everything I watch is good, so like this guilty pleasure part is throwing me up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Date datelines, dateline specials. <laughs> uh, um, let me see. What would be guilty pleasure for me? Uh Cribs? That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, what else? Yeah, music videos from the 80s. There you go. All right. Next next round. Next round. All right, last round. Last round. Top three snacks. Top three snacks. Okay. Mine are pickles. Uh Uh-huh. Any type of cheese, because I love cheese. And chocolate peanut butter bugles. You guys ever had those? Nope. Delish. All right. Calvin, you're up. Okay. Uh, kettle chips. Thanksgiving turkey. Human blood. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what did you say, bud? <laughs> Human blood, he said. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm just going to say uh, uh, $2 only. Uh, uh don't donuts and uh, <laughs> chocolate cake. Great. You All right, great stuff. Thank you. Is that what you do? Great game. Great game. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed off for greatness. Let's go to a goddamn snack. Oh, Rex oh, Ryan wants to play, Liz. Great, place. great placement. Great placement. Yeah. Rex Ryan wants to play. Uh, speaking of great play- placement, that segment was probably – Placed better elsewhere. Liz, actually, we have a caller on the line, so I'm wondering if this caller wants to speak to you because they called right it. in the middle of your segment. But so we're going to okay. keep you here as we take this okay. call because uh, it's an area code that I recognize, but this is who I think it is, and I haven't heard from this person in a long time. Um, Let's just roll the dice. The 401 area code. You're on Careless Whispers. What's going on? Hey, Matt and Calvin. It's Hector. What's up, boss? I thought it was oh, you. Oh, what's up, Hector? Hey, guys. 
Hey, um, man. I it looked like I was uh, interrupting some draft <laughs> draft talk. <laughs> some. Uh, uh, um, I actually wanted to talk Celtics. It's been a long. It's been uh, the last time I actually called was actually I did call a post game show right after Game Six of the Hawks series. Because um, I didn't know what to expect this summer, um, and lo and behold, uh, a lot of things have changed, so to speak. The how do you, the land, how do you feel so far land, about it? Um, overall, uh, yeah. I mean, first things first. I knew I I didn't get that much of my play this way, Calvin. I figured, as a Celtics fan, I figured we had a shot. A some, even though it was a little bit of a shot, I felt like we had a shot at Durant. Um, the fact that he went to Golden State, you know what? It is what it is. Um, I'm kind of hoping, and I and I don't hate Golden State. I'm as a Celtics, I don't I don't hate Golden State. I like Curry and I like Klay Thompson. However. Given the fact how the finals went down, given how everything went down against the Cavs, and the fact that 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 massive choke job from from GSW hoop and everything, I mean, I figured the landscape of the NBA was going to change forever, and you have all these massive contracts being, you know, being signed. Um, as for locally. I'm happy that we got Al Horford. I'm happy that um, I'm happy that we got Al Horford. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, he's not a star. He's not a star." Yeah, he's not a superstar like a Durant or a Westbrook or whoever. But he is a multi-time All Star. He fits. He he fits. I think he fits the team like a glove. To be honest with you, just because of what he can do, not just you know, not just with the shot, you know, he had a three-point shot and everything and what he can do on, you know, at the rim and everything. But just, just he's one of the best passing big men in the game. And it, since, the C, since, the, since the team and what Brad Stevens has done is all about ball movement, I think he's going to fit in like a glove. Now, what's going to happen um, as, as, as the offseason goes forward? I don't know. Um, I'm still kind of iffy about Jalen Brown. I mean, I hope I hope he does well, but I honestly didn't like the pick at first because I figured we were going to trade it. Um, you know what, Hector? I don't think now, you're going to see much. I don't think you're going to see Jalen Brown play much anyway, and I don't I don't think it, it, it would have mattered who they picked there. Um, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier. I would have preferred that they trade that as well, but they didn't. So you have to live with the pick. But you didn't see Terry Rozier last year much at all. He came on towards the end of the season. Um, but I think you're going to see more of him than you will of Jalen Brown this year. And they'll probably do the whole thing where they send him up and down to Maine. And who knows, maybe James Young will be with him going up and down to Maine again because I, I don't really know how he's going to fit in and if he'll even make the team by the end of the training camp. So I think the Celtics have some things that, that they can work with. But for the most part, the team that you saw last year is going to be the team that you see on the floor this year, plus Terry Rozier, more, minus Evan Turner. And, of course, like you said, they added Al Horford, which was a huge thing. So, I, I, I mean, this is 
you can't no, no matter which way you slice it, Al Horford is the biggest free agent in Boston Celtics history. Exactly. And exactly, and that's why. So that's it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big thing. It's going to be it's going to be a big thing, and I think he's going to make a large impact on the team. I think they're going to play really well with him, but he's not this piece that puts you over the top. Uh, so they still need to go. Danny Ainge still needs to be out there hunting for that other piece and trying to make a, a, a nice trade here mid-season because, like you said, Jalen Brown probably not going to contribute too much. Uh, you don't know what he what he's going to give you. I mean. I'm interested. I, I know you guys are probably pressed on time, but like I just feel like, um, you know, we still have plenty of time left in this off season. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Would I be surprised at any big moves coming up? Maybe not. Would I be surprised if we did just smaller deals so we can keep have, keep that flexibility for next season for next off season? We'll see. All I know is this. All I, as I'm I'm kind of hoping selfishly that the Warriors go through what the Lakers did with Dwight Howard and just implode. And that will cause, that will hopefully have Durant rethink twice about joining a super team. And then maybe next off, next off season can be like, okay, that didn't work. Let me go find somewhere where I can create my own legacy. Cause he had a chance to come here. Obviously he didn't, but let's not forget the deal that he signed with, um, with, Golden State is is basically a one and one, you know. So, you know, you never know. Things could things could take a turn for the worse, a la Dwight Howard with the Lakers. So you, you get what I'm saying? So that's that's what I'm hoping. I do. For, but I get what you're saying for sure. That's I think it's kind of a stretch, Calvin. You think that there's any sort of parallel there? Kevin Durant is definitely a different player than Dwight Howard, and he's he's more of a passive guy. So I just don't I don't see it. But you were in the thick of that with with Dwight Howard being on your team. Well, I just watch uh, Dwight Howard in, like, the I'm sorry, Dwight Howard, Kevin Durant and the way he reacted, like, just in leaving Oklahoma City and how apologetic he was in moving to, to Golden State. I I feel like for, like, I mean, I admire your optimism, I guess, but, like, that's a stretch. I feel like it would have to be a, a catastrophic failure for him to leave the Warriors. And I think the specific reason why he went to the Warriors was he was tired of carrying a team on his back and he wanted to go to a place where he could just be a puzzle piece. And if, even if he was to say like somehow become disenchanted with Golden State, I don't think, you know, moving to a Boston team that would then require him to, uh, you know, put him on his back is what he's looking for based on what he's done. I, I, All right, I see what you mean. But uh, maybe, maybe you'll hear me more. Uh, maybe you'll hear me more uh, on this network again, like old times. So All right, we'll see what happens. Sounds good. Hopefully, the Celtics uh, are back, and on uh, back, the, the, the post-game yeah. show will be rocking again. You can be sure of that. We are. We've got some good surprises around the way coming up uh, for the season. So definitely tune into that CLNS Radio post-game show after every Celtics game. You'll hear it again here on CLNS Radio for sure. Hector, man, great to hear from you. I'm glad things are going well. We'll talk to you soon, bud. No problem, guys. I'm an uncle, by the way, so. Congrats, buddy. I just, turned, I just became, yeah, thanks. I became an uncle at the beginning of the year, so I'm happy about that, too. Good stuff. Oh, Keep it up. Man. We'll talk to you soon. There he goes. The new uncle, Hector, down in Providence or wherever he is in Rhode Island now. I know he's bounced around a little bit. All right, Calvin. Uh, we have a few more minutes here, and I got rid of the list. Because my messenger is acting up. 
So, do you want to say anything else? What else do we have? Uh, we have a couple of things. We do uh, have a couple I'm, of things. I'm the UFC the- thing. What's going on in the UFC besides Brock Lesnar winning at UFC 200? Yeah, yeah. The one I have listed after that. Let's let's move that back because we might we might find the results. Just so that way we have something to talk about next week. Although I, when I say these things, I always forget to like bring the last topic up next week, and it's so good. But I'm I'm still gonna hold up. Anyway, something will come uh, up. Yeah. Go- what's next week? The twenty. What's next week? The twenty sixth. Yeah, I am unavailable next week. That, that is correct. I'm unavailable next week, Calvin. <laughs> Rory, unavailable. All right. Well, then I guess I'll get you Surprise, surprise. Uh, Rory's got something yeah. else going on on a Tuesday night in the summer. That's happening. Anyway, uh, where are we? UFC. So, John Jones recently uh, failed two out-of-competition drug tests uh, for two separate drugs. One of them was a an estrogen blocker, and the other one was related to uh, masking the estrogen blocker, and it looks like he is—he's facing a two-year suspension from from uh, the UFC. Uh, he is their best fighter, uh, you know, the pound-for-pound guy. Uh, he was supposed to fight at UFC 200. The man who replaced him uh, as the you know the the draw of UFC 200. I was going to say main event, but they ended up moving the women to that. Anyway, the draw of UFC 200, Brock Lesnar. Uh, he also tested positive, Rory, for uh, huh. drugs. We're not sure what those drugs are, but he also failed two separate tests. And who knows what sort of fan that he's facing. Now, I, I just combined these stories. The UFC just sold for $4 billion. My question to you, Rory, is do you think this company has a problem with uh, obviously, it, it has a problem with uh, these guys failing drug tests, but I guess my question is does it have a problem with marketability? Marketability, because it seems like all of their best guys either either can't stay on top long enough to turn themselves into stars. You see people like Rousey gone for a year, or they are good enough, but uh, but it turns out that they're not really good enough because they're only good enough through the use of substances. You know, Anderson Silva was their other big star, and he had an issue with uh, some sort of drug. Is I guess my question is. is is UFC clean enough to be successful? Um, I think it, that that's kind of what professional wrestling was back in the 70s and 80s and even early 90s, right? And they persevered through it. But this is kind of a different thing. Uh, I, I feel like UFC has all these big stars, these big names, and they're falling off. And they have gotten Conor McGregor to sign back on. So he's like the, the only thing keeping them afloat right now. But if they start losing all these top guys, it's going to be difficult for them. But like you said, they were just sold for $4 billion. I feel like they're one of these situations where it, they are too big to fail. They probably will not fail. They have enough of a base right now that they can continue to, to be a, a company that is successful even though they might not be able to grow as quickly as they want to. Um, so I don't think if you're a fan of the UFC or if you have stock in UFC or anything of that sort, or if you work for UFC, if you're Dana White and you are still doing things for them, 
on the side after selling the company. I don't think you have anything to worry about. I don't think it's going anywhere. It's not, it's going to, it will take a while before UFC goes the way of boxing and is basically off the map. Uh, And boxing did that because it turned slow and they lost their, their top bills, you know, their top billings, their top performers, their, their number one boxers just started retiring and that's it. And then the, the luster was gone. And that is, looking like it's happening in UFC, but I still think it's young enough as a sport that it will continue to, to thrive and be all right. And we'll see what happens down the line. They might be able to bounce back with some big names. Yeah. I just, I guess I just wonder based on both the nature of the sport, like like most guys, it's hard for them to stay dominant. Like they lose so quickly. Like it seems like they try to build up this guy as the next guy. And then he just loses within a year or two. And his name just fades away from memory. It, it, it I don't know, and then when a guy does stay on top, it's like... Well, yeah, they're, and you know what? Their women's division is the same way. How many times has the women's division championship changed in in uh, the last year or, or two years? Multiple times. Nobody can stay on top, top in that. Ronda Rousey was supposed to be the number one. She was supposed to be the best thing, the, the best woman fighter ever, right? And she lost. And then the person that beat her, Holly Holm, she lost. And just on down the line... They have a hard time keeping the belt, and it happens with the men as well. You're seeing it. Guys getting caught with caught with drugs, illegal substances. You're gone. You're you're cheating. Goodbye. That's, that's the way it goes. And they're I mean they're they're big enough that I think they'll be fine. That's, that's about, yeah. I'm that's, not that's sure they'll be long term. I just. I mean, maybe that next guy will come right along, but I, I don't see who's out there for them right now. I guess, you know, if Conor McGregor moves back down and he's dominates, but he already lost too. So it's like, Murray, have you heard about this Russian thing? I have. Right I have heard about this Russian thing, those cheaters, those Olympic doping cheaters. Of course. It's in their backyard. So you get away with anything, yeah. right? Apparently, Russia did terribly in the Vancouver Olympics. They finished sixth. Uh, they felt like they needed to do something about that. So the uh, next Winter Olympics were being held in Sochi. Uh, and so the anti-doping lab to test the Olympic athletes was also uh, there in Sochi. I, I don't know if you've like read at all about this, but they supposedly created a mouse hole in the lab where uh, they, were, they were swapping out uh, Vials of tainted urine from all of their athletes who what? were all—they yeah. uh, were all sanctioned by the government on a three-drug cocktail. They—they passed these vials through uh, this little mouse hole, uh, managed to, to use some sort of tool to like break the unbreakable seal, replace the the tainted urine with clean urine taken from the athletes months prior, uh, before they started taking the illegal drug. Wow. And then, and then somehow professionally resealed to make it look like the seal was broken and swapped back in through the mouse hole into the okay. lab. So you know what you know what this is, Calvin? This is to all the people out there that are talking about the flake gate in the NFL with the guy going into the bathroom and taking some air out of the balls. Do you did you hear the description that just happened there? This is the this is the type of tampering that people should be focusing on as far as scandals in sports. This is the type of tampering, not deflating some footballs in the NFL. Physically 
failing drug tests on purpose and skirting every single rule and doing it in it the most sneaky of ways. This is this is outrageous. Yeah, it is it is completely insane. And the fact that the government was sanctioning this, like it, it brings up the question though now, is now we're weeks away from uh the Summer Olympics in Rio, the IOC is considering banning Russia entirely from the Olympics. Is that fair or unfair, considering the fact that these Olympic athletes probably had nothing to do with that scheme and well, you know, may or may not necessarily be on any dread. Isn't, isn't that isn't that the age old question in the NCAA as well? When these scandals come out, the players that were involved in any scandals don't get punished, and then the the NCAA t- uh, schools will and universities will face a playoff ban, or whether it's self imposed or not, they they don't they miss time for a, a, a certain reason, and the the kids, the children, the youth at those schools are the ones that are punished for somebody that did something twenty years ago or more. It's the same thing. So you're cool with it, then? That's, that's, I, I think that it's like a difficult thing to say to somebody like who's about to be an Olympic athlete, you can't be an Olympic. And it's, it's also difficult to like wipe out an, a, an entire country's delegation of mm-hmm. who knows how many athletes. But on the other hand, like, what's the better solution? The government was involved in cheating. Right. Okay. So, may, as far as the athletes are concerned, maybe the, the athletes that were the ones that uh, were actually taking the drugs are no longer involved. But the government officials that were involved back then are most certainly involved right now. So somebody needs to take a punishment, right? Why not just send them home? Yeah. I. Yeah. I, I feel like they they need to be sent home. I feel like. They need to be under some sort of probation where they're, they're getting, they're just getting the most stringent, you know, even more so than, than I realize Olympic uh, testing is supposedly as stringent as it gets. But, like, we need to do something about Russia's cheating here. I don't know what the answer is, but certainly punishing them as hard as possible is, is probably what we should start with. I agree. All right. Um, is that it for tonight, I guess? You said the other one we're going to skip? Yep. All right. <clears throat> well, thank you all for listening, as always. Just went a little longer than we expected, but that's fine. Thank you to Liz and Hector for calling in. That was great. Good to hear from him. Um, we're out. We'll talk to you. You want to do Wednesday next week? Why not? I'm available uh, okay. Wednesday. Okay. All right. We'll be we'll, – We'll be back Wednesday next week, not Tuesday. Wednesday. That's it. Bye, o. Good night, everyone.